I hope that today's episode brings you encouragement and hope, especially if you or someone you love is experiencing a hard, hard season, something that feels like pressure coming in on all sides, maybe like being in the belly of the whale. These times can be also referred to as the dark night of the soul, and it feels like we're coming undone, but that's also if we steward that hard time well, can be the breaking open of things that need to be undone. There's a term called scarification. That's when the outside shell of a seed gets disrupted so that the new life can spring out. And that's what I'm sharing today is that kind of idea that I've seen happen in people's lives that has also happened in my own. So I'm going to share more of that story today, and I hope that it encourages you and brings you hope and helps you see a way forward when you're in a season that feels dark and hard and pressure from all sides. You're listening to the Growing Creative Podcast, and I'm your host, Jane Boutwell. I'm an artist and a creative coach. This is a space that will nurture your heart and empower you to pursue your creative calling, whatever that may be. I met with a friend yesterday on the phone. We were in FaceTime together, and I knew going into it that she'd been a season of grief illness in their family, and working through some hard stuff. I knew that she had had a counseling appointment the day before, and I could see it in her eyes. They were kind of bleary, that emotional exhaustion you get when you are working through wounded places. I told her as I looked into her eyes how I had gotten this flood of excitement for her right before we got on the phone. I just got this vision that she's got new things on the horizon. This season is hard right now, but it's birthing something really exciting. I don't know what that is, but I know that's how it works. The dark night of the soul can be a cocoon for our creativity. When we are faced with really hard stuff, we can stay in a depressed numbness, silencing heartache, but of course, in that state, positive feelings get dampened as well. But if we will be faithful to let the heartache lead to grieving, it will give birth to new growth. Follow the heartache to the core. A lot of times that's childhood wounding. If you can name and grieve the brokenness at the core of what's feeling hard right now, if you can grieve that brokenness, which is hard, our culture really doesn't have many traditions that allow for a full embodied grief. We want to silence that because it makes us all feel uncomfortable, but it's It's a way our body and our emotions have built in a way to process the hard stuff. Physical shaking is one of our neurological 
processes of working through hard things and stress, letting it move through our body out instead of getting trapped in as stored trauma. So grieving the brokenness and then forgiving what needs to be forgiven, letting go, inviting healing, inviting deeper truth, seeing more of what was there in those hurt places, letting that healing pour in like the gold in that cracked pottery of kintsugi, the Japanese art form. This is being faithful to your heartache. And much like the cocoon that a butterfly is in, but once it changes from a caterpillar into this gorgeous winged creature that has the power of flight, the cocoon is dark. It's cramped. You can't see out of the moment that you're in. And the caterpillar is liquefied. It is un done in the remaking. Being faithful to heartache is like being in labor. You are head down. You have lost a sense of time and space to a degree. Your body and your heart and every bit of you is wrapped up in working through this intense moment Waves of pain come and then breaks come. Take those breaks. Notice them. If you've ever, if you've ever had um, any training in natural childbirth or known somebody that has, one of the number one keys is to take your breaks. Notice when the contractions are less and rest. Think of something else. Don't think about the moment you're in. Take those breaks, but when a wave of grief comes again, like a contraction in labor, be faithful to it. And on the other side is birth. So if you are like my friend and you are going through a season that feels like never-ending waves of hard stuff, I want you to hear me. You might be in labor but birth is on the other side. You might feel like you're in the belly of the whale. You might be in a cocoon where you feel like things are coming undone. But the glorious butterfly freedom of beauty comes after that cocoon. The birth of something new, whether it's a greater maturity, a more healed ability to live into the fullness of who you were made to be with confidence and joy, this is on the other side of the dark night of the soul. I've had my season of that, um, an intense one during 2017 and different phases as I've g- gone through, you know, growing pains into new maturity. It comes it comes with some birthing. It comes with some grieving and processing the hard things that are blocking me from the new growth. So I wanted to just revisit. If you listen to the very first episode of this podcast, I shared a little bit about my year 2017. There was so many, many things about that year that were hard, but Early on in the year, we discovered a leak in our basement, and that is where my studio space is. And I think that this experience is a really good picture. It, it's kind of a, 
I don't know, it felt symbolic of a greater truth. So I wanted to share the story about our basement sewage flood. We came downstairs on the night of my husband and my anniversary. We were about to head for dinner, but he went downstairs for something and he said, there is some water on the floor in the basement. Well, as you can imagine, we did not wind up going out for our anniversary dinner. We wound up eating takeout with the rotor rooter man in the basement. I'm looking at the seeping water that spread out under all of my tables. This is my making space. At this point, I was mostly making quilts at the time. So I had stacks of fabric, my table with my sewing machine, half the basement was kid toys everywhere because I have four children and I can't make things unless they are also occupied. So we have this space full of our things, overflowing with our things that now is seeping liquid. I noticed something and thought, well, maybe that's lint. Maybe this is an overflow from the washing machine. The rotor reader man said, oh, no, ma'am. That's toilet paper. This is raw sewage. Please don't touch. Be, please back up and make sure you don't get close. Oh, my heavens. It was such a mess. We had ServPro come in and box up all of the things that had been crammed in our basement over all the years, all my mini art project supplies, my bag of oil paints that I had from my college days. I hadn't used them since then because I had small children and couldn't imagine. My pottery tools, my husband's beer brewing supplies, all of the things in our basement, mostly to do with creating boxed up in random order and hauled out of our basement. It was a great undoing. It was that moment when something has to get reorganized and you know it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. I have been in that process with my other parts of my home lately and I saw the nester on Instagram. Michaelin, she's a cozy minimalist as her. She has books and stuff on about like how to keep your home cozy while also minimalist and clutter-free. Well, she posted a reel that I saw about quieting a room. And the way you do that is you take almost everything out of the room and then you choose what goes back in and where and how. And that's the best way to make a room fulfill its purpose better. And I had tried and tried and tried to clear things, reorganize things, but finally our playroom, the the most, you know, cluttered, discombobulated room of our house, we have completely, it has, it's become a new place. And it's because we followed her advice. We took everything out. Granted, the dining room still has some stacks of books we've got to go through, but taking everything out of that space, it was a great undoing. It was a mess. It felt like exploded all over. But in doing that, we've been able to reorganize, reorder from the ground up, reshape the space and what it needs to be used for now. Let go of things that served a purpose in the past, but aren't serving the purpose we need now as we have teenagers and our youngest child is six and a half and told me she doesn't need the play kitchen that my husband and I built anymore. That was a heartbreaking thing to hear, but it's in the attic now and my grandchildren will enjoy it. Anyway, I hope what you're hearing is that 
these seasons of undoing and things feeling a lot messier, they make me feel excited because I know I've seen it happen enough time with me and with other people. And there have been things written about various like saints that have gone through dark night of the soul right before they step into living out their calling in a in the most full way. I am excited when I know that's happening, when somebody is being faithful to their grief because I know what it leads to. It is birthing something new, good and beautiful. And I hope that if you are in that place, you hear me saying that. One really important key to following this through is something that I learned in the midst of my season my um, 2017 season, that was relinquishing control. Over and over, I had some, you know, it was the basement sewage flood, which led to renovation was one thing. We had head lice. We had a family member with addiction living off and on with us. We had so many things hit our family and it it eventually really pounded home the lesson that I needed to open my hands. I had been white knuckle gripping, trying to control parts of my life to protect from pain. A lot of that was so well-intentioned. I love my children desperately. I mean, I would die for them. And I don't want to see them suffer. So there were things that I was trying to be in control of because I wanted to keep them safe. And I finally had to sit with the reality that this world isn't safe and it doesn't matter how hard I try. Some kid on the playground can say three words and it can change my kid's life. It can hurt them in a way that changes changes the trajectory of them feeling free to be themselves. And there's nothing I can do to protect them completely. All I can do is model what to do with the pain, how to be faithful to it. So as I came to accept that reality about the things I love dearly and was white knuckle gripping control, as I came to see that I'd plan my day and then boom, somebody would have strep throat and all plans are out the door, I learned that I had to keep my hands open. I had to peel back my fingers of control. And part of this learning was uh, one day I, I use the Bible app and I'll check out the verse of the day each morning when I wake up before I do anything else. And this particular morning had a, just a madhouse of carpools in various directions, meetings, uh, dealing with a home renovation, dealing with all the sad things that 2017 brought. It was an impossibly crazy day. And I wake up. I know this is coming. I click open to see what the verse of the day is. And y'all, the verse of the day was be still and know that I am God. And I want you to know that I laughed out loud and gave God that look like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Is that some kind of like cruel joke? Be still? That Like I don't even have 10 minutes today that I can be still. And so I kind of, humped about it. And the rest of my day as I'm driving carpool, it's niggling away in the back of my mind. And I'm kind of having kind of like an irritated child, you know, like, what are you you talking about? Why would you say that? How can you, how can you tell me be still and know that I'm God? So throughout the day as I'm just 
kind of in this <laughs> complainy conversation with God as I'm racing around and feeling a little resentful about it, especially when shown this ulterior of this alternative possibility of being still, I came to realize deep in my heart that that verse hinged on the second statement. Later on, I had a scholar tell me that in Hebrew, when you have phrase two, you know, a phrase that has a first part and a second part, the second part is the powerful one. And so anyway, this is true with this verse. Be still and know that I am God. The stillness that's inviting you into is not like a yoga pose in the middle of a serene woods. Although I, you know, like sign me up. That stillness is an inner peace an inner tranquility because you know that you are not God. You are not holding it all together. That's not your job. You're not protecting the ones you love. You're not protecting yourself. You're trusting God with your story. He is the great writer of stories. He can take that moment in the story when you don't know if the hero is going to win and he can pull it into this beautiful picture Can you trust the writer of your story and your children's story and those you love? Can you trust the storyteller? Can you know that he is God and you're not? And can can you let there be an inner stillness? During this year, I also spent a lot of time in Al-Anon, which is the 12-step program for families and friends of addicts. And, you know, if you know anything about that at all, The serenity prayer is a cornerstone thing, tool, let's say. And it sounds so cliche because you've heard it quoted, but there is deep truth and goodness that it invites us into sitting with. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The wisdom to know that I am not God. (laughs) Somebody else is. The courage to face the things that I'm pretending like I can't change while I'm focusing on the things I can't change, but I want to change. (laughs) There's so much to unpack here. But I hope that today you'll walk away with knowing that in those dark moments, you're in a cocoon. Yes, you feel like you're coming undone. But there is new life on the other side. There is greater freedom to be who you were made to be in a greater fullness of creative freedom, whether that's freedom to make spreadsheets for your business that communicate in new ways, whether that's freedom to, you know, finger crochet mobiles. I don't know what the creativity is in your life that's in your heart. But you will have greater freedom for that on the other side of birthing your grief, of being faithful to your grief. And you can grieve because you're sitting in the hands of somebody who's protecting you through it, who is going to help a midwife, you know, who's going to help this birth of this new thing come. And um, you can be still knowing that he's God and you're not. If this is what you needed to hear, I hope it brings you enough encouragement to keep going one day at a time. And if you know somebody in that place of darkness, that cocoon, 
I hope you'll share this with them. All right. Keep growing creative in all the ways that might look through all the phases it takes to do so. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I feel honored to think of you spending this time with me. I hope that you'll share the podcast with a friend. If you feel like it's worth your time listening in, maybe they'd enjoy it too. If growing authentic creativity and developing more sustainable creative practices and rhythms is something that you want more of, or you're interested in the art that I make, I'd love it if you would subscribe to my email newsletter. Another way to get a little more personable is to connect on Instagram. I enjoy showing up from time to time in Instagram stories and just sharing behind the scenes and moment by moment thoughts throughout my life as a creator. And I'd love to get to know you more and hear from you. So reach out anytime through email or through Instagram DMs. And I would like to thank the sound editor for this podcast, Shepard Martin. And the music is by Sad Moses. Once again, keep growing creative.